Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Now, the two properties from our point of view were about, I think it was about an eight fifty dollars or $900,000 investment into that deal. So we invested nine hundred, and we came out with one point one eight. So we make two hundred eighty thousand dollars in profit. She's moved into a brand new home worth two hundred fifty thousand dollars more than what she was in two years ago, and it's in the same location. This is Property Investory, where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset, and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum and in this episode of Property Investory, we continue the conversation with plan assist Harriet Charlombas, who has developed a strategy for manufacturing equity through investing in commercial property. Helping clients via joint ventures and property options, his own portfolio is now worth over $20 million. Beginning to grow his portfolio from the age of 18, Charles Lumbus found that barbecue talk with well-meaning loved ones spawned insecurities which held him back initially. Like I actually found that quite a simple process uh, other than you know, having the dollars to actually go and do your purchase. What happens is though, you know, when you're 18 and you're single and you do your investing and you buy a property, that's all going well. As you start to... A, you get a little bit older and B, you start listening to what other people are telling you uh, and start getting concerned about what if things don't go well, uh, the fear kicks in, the little voice kicks in, the doubt kicks in. Um, and I think it's also what I call, and you may have heard the term before, the barbecue talk. Um, you start getting concerned about what if what if I succeed in this? You know, what happens then? And what if my mates don't like it? Or what if... You know, the family, the extended family don't like it and all that, you know, the, the, the doubt, the fear, doubt and judgment kicks in. Um, and I think that's where it becomes, uh, you've got to be a bit more careful um, and also more careful with the internal dialogue um, as to why you're creating what you're creating, why you're creating your property portfolio. Uh, it's all about the reason why and I'm, I'm, I actually believe that your why will be 80% of your success and if your why is purely just because of wanting to create money, then I think you're losing something along the way. Um, It's a real issue but if it's, I mean if I look at my mission which really is now all about to help others turn their dreams into reality, um, the why is just ongoing and when I get a phone call every day from someone that wants some assistance, you know, when I get an email from someone that says, hey, can you help here? To me, that's all about what's our mission. Um, however, in those days where, you know, you've got to understand that some of these investments were done where we were having 
12 and 15 and 16 and 17 percent interest rates and the, the fear comes in um, it's a very different time uh, so I think that there's a point there and I call now to a lot of my clients because I do some coaching with some clients and I call it the growing pains it's the growing pains of your portfolio He also shares having a strong support system is founded first and foremost on family but it's also important for him to find trustworthy people in the industry to provide help when needed. Well, definitely the biggest influence was my dad in particular and certainly both my parents. Um, and just watching the way dad did things and watching the way, um, you know, probably with much less education, much less technical knowledge and skill, um, but watching the portfolio of properties that uh, mum and dad built during those times. Um, that was just a huge influence on me. Um, you know, certainly it moulded both my investing journey as well as my business journey um, as well as me personally. It was, um, you know, it's to, to be able to see that and to be able to see the, uh, the values that they hold because you hear a lot of people talk about the property industry and there's this person and there's that person and you know they'll do the wrong thing by you well I, I certainly know that the people I've come across in the industry whether they be real estate agents whether they be consultants whether they be you know builders um, we've come across some great people and we've built you know a lifetime of friends uh, in the industry so I think it's um yeah, there's, and, and it's, you've, you've got to, if you're going to seek out some mentors, just seek out those that resonate for you and for your values. And the biggest thing is you've got to have a similar value. Otherwise, if if your mentor is suggesting you go left, but you know your gut instinct is to go right, um, it's there's going to be you know internal dialogue that doesn't work for you there. So you just sort out mentors that have the same values as you do. Through this network of people. Charles Lumbus has learned to start small and then build on that. Some of the things that um, that that have stuck with me is, you know, to to keep it simple. Um, you know, start small. You know, without trying to, you know, change the world and recreate, you know, the wheel. You know, with your first transactions, just get the learnings. Um, the learnings is really important. So it's uh, I've seen people that you know come into their first property deal and you know may have a home or it may even be before they've bought their own home and they're looking to do their first property purchase and you know they're looking for that first purchase to be their retirement fund. Um, just start small. Um, you know, treat it, treat your investing journey like you do your business journey. So for me, I started as an apprentice and I ran a four-year apprenticeship. Then when I get into the property industry, I see that as another apprenticeship. You've got to learn by that. Um, you've got to learn from that. So it's it's yeah, it's invaluable to be able to do that. And um, I suppose what I shared earlier about you know a lot of people believe that you know their journey is all because of them. Um, and I, as I said earlier, I think it's really all about your team and all about the mentors and all about the people around you. Um, have a look at the people that you're surrounding yourself with. Make sure your goals are what you want them to be. 
Um, you know, if someone said to me, what would I do differently? Uh, it's probably going to be, you know, start earlier and set bigger goals. Um, you know, but uh, other than that, there's probably not a lot of change. Strategies which Tara Lumbus has used successfully in the past have become a rinse and repeat formula over time, which have allowed him to manufacture equity. The two main strategies we would run and have run is our, is our joint ventures and our property options, and we run them hand in hand. The example I used in the previous podcast was, you know, where we turned up to an open home and um, the lady turned up, well, the owner turned up just as I was leaving and we had a chat about what her needs were. So what we did there, we actually took out uh, an option to purchase the property um, and we took out a 12-month option. We paid her a fee um, to secure the property or to take that property off the market for 12 months and she retained that fee even if we didn't proceed uh, with our purchase. What that option does is give us the time uh, to one, do our due diligence, but two, because we had 12 months on this particular one, it actually gave us the time to actually do our DAs and get our approvals for which in that case was going to be two new dwellings. So by the time we got to the end of the 12 months, we'd had our approvals in place, which meant that we could get our property valued based on building two new dwellings. So it was now a property that had approval for two new dwellings as to a property with just one house on it. So we actually got an increased valuation before we even purchased the property. So from our point of view, it de-risks the transaction. It Makes it means that we're able to pay uh, the owner in a lot of cases a little bit more because we're not having to pay holding costs for the 12 months. Um, if you imagine paying, you know, I know rates are a bit lower right now, but in a lot of cases you're paying six and eight and 10% holding cost um, and years ago a lot more as opposed to just paying the owner. We could pay the owner an extra. Three or four percent on their asking price. However, we haven't had to outlay that money until we've got our DA approvals. Um, that makes a huge difference. But for an owner who's looking to sell, why would she agree to this deal and be willing to wait for 12 months before she could move? When it came time to actually, uh, the right term is to exercise our option and purchase her property, what we agreed with her was that we actually rather than purchasing the property and building the two homes, we were actually just going to build the two homes on the land and she keep one and we keep one. Now, to give you some numbers on this so that the listeners can understand it, her home was actually on the market. This is in St Ives in Sydney. Her home was on the market for $895,000. We offered to pay her $900,000 and we wanted a 12-month option, and we paid her a 2% option fee. So on $900,000, 2% is $18,000. That's pretty good, okay. Yeah. So we paid her $18,000, and we've got this property off the market for 12 months, and we can buy it for 900000 at the end of it. By the end of the 12 months, we got a valuation on the property, and it came in at a million and fifty. So our bank, if we wanted to buy, would have lent us the money based on a million and fifty purchase price or million and fifty value. 
But what we did was we went back to her and said, now we can buy this now and we'll build the two homes and make a profit and everyone's happy. Or if you like, we'll build the two homes, you keep one and we'll keep one. And she went that path. Now, she may not have and we were happy to buy it, but she did go down that path where we then turned that option into a joint venture. We built the two homes. Those two homes on completion were worth one one was worth a little bit more than the other. So one was 1.15 and the other was 1.18. So she actually kept, she stayed in the one worth 1.15. So she went from a property that she was selling for 895000 two years later, because let's say it took us about a year to build it. So two years later, she's in a brand new home in the same location worth $1.15 million. That's cost her nothing to build. And we sold the other property for $1.18 million. Now, the two properties from our point of view were about, I think it was about an eight fifty dollars or $900,000 investment into that deal. So we invested nine hundred, dollars and we came out with $1.18. So we make $280,000 in profit. She's moved into a brand new home worth $250,000 more than what she was in two years ago and it's in the same location. And it's her own land as well so she didn't even really have to even change addresses. She, she, kept, she kept the same address. One thing she did need to do was move out whilst we were doing the build. In her case, she actually moved in with her daughter um, so she was happy um, and that's a typical example of how we go from an option to a joint venture. Now, we've done some where at the end of our option period, we just exercise the option and buy them and do the building ourselves. We've done others where we've actually gone straight into a joint venture, never done an option. We've just gone straight in and explained the joint venture to the owners and gone straight in and done uh, a joint venture with them with the intention that they were going to stay there. Coming up after the break, we'll delve into how Charolumbus creates win-win scenarios with his clients. Every three months, I'd go around and I'd knock on the door and I'd have a check for $5,000 for him. And so by the time the three months rolled around and I'd knock on the door, he was very excited because Harry was turning up with $5,000. Why he prefers to invest his time and effort into commercial property rather than residential? I'm negotiating on some sales at the moment and I negotiated one where I increased the price or the sale price of one of them by a million dollars whilst I was driving home. Um, just just in a negotiation in the car on the way home. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. Hey podcast listeners, are you enjoying listening to these stories and want more? Then head over to propertyinvestory.com and subscribe to receive your free property case studies that I only send exclusively via email. Just one of the many benefits of being part of this community. These real case studies are from experienced property investors where they share specific numbers of their portfolio, their strategies and much more. Simply visit propertyinvestory.com to get your free case studies. Now back to the show. When exercising property options, Charles Lumbus maintains relationships with his clients in order to create win-win situations which in turn develops more connections with future clients. We actually had a 
property took an option out. It was actually two, a bigger property, $2 million purchase price. It was a $20,000 option fee. Um, and what we did was we got an approval to build five dwellings on that property and the owner just wanted to sell. When we went in to look at this property the first time, the owner was getting offers between 1.8 and 1.9 mil. However, there were people that were just coming in to buy the property and buy it outright. And I actually had a meeting direct with the owner. The agents in the area got to know us quite well. And so the agent was very happy for me to go in and sit down and with the agent and the owner and have a meeting. And the owner kept saying to me that he really wanted $2 million and he really wanted $2 million and he repeated that several times. And the, the thing was, you have to listen to what people are saying. I think a lot of people forget that, you know, we're all born with two ears and one mouth, so you should be listening twice as much as you speak. And yeah, and a lot of people just want to keep talking. But if you listen, and this guy kept saying that he wanted $2 million. So in the end, I said I'd come back to him with an offer. And it was all about building this offer so that I could get him $2 million. And we got almost two years under auction on this property. We were paying him $2 million. In fact, we got 21 months in the end under option for $2 million. We were paying him $2 million. We gave a $20,000 option fee. However, the reason why was during that same conversation when he was saying he wanted $2 million, this was in March of this particular year when I was meeting with him, and he he told me that his daughter was in year 11. So I knew that he would want to keep some stability for his daughter until she finished her HSC a year and a half later. So I suggested to him that we would let him stay in the home for a year and a half, not disturb his daughter, at the end of that time, he gets his $2 million, and that gives us the time to get all our approvals in place. With a vendor who was really happy with his deal, what other opportunities did Charles Lumbus find? That it gave him certainty that he was going to get his $2 million at the end. It meant that he could go looking for a property, and in fact, when he was buying a property, he went and bought acreage. When he was buying a property, he actually asked me to go and have a look at the property for him and give him my thoughts. We built a relationship and all this is about relationships. I mean, you've heard me talk about my team, you've heard me talk about mentors and now we talk about doing these joint ventures and I talk to you about speaking to the owners directly, working out what the owner wants, seeing if we can't always deliver. Sometimes if people have an unrealistic expectation and we can't deliver, we've got to walk away. But all this is about relationships and with that $20,000 option fee that I paid him, I actually paid that in instalments. And I think it was $5,000 every three months or something that I was giving him for the first 12 months to give him his $20,000. And what it meant was every three months, I'd go around and I'd knock on the door and I'd have a check for $5,000 for him. And so by the time the three months rolled around and I'd knock on the door, he was very excited because Harry was turning up with $5,000. So... He got comfortable with the fact that I was just turning up and I was giving him my money as I told him I would and they'd have, they'd have the kettle on and we'd sit down and we'd have a cup of tea or a cup of coffee and a bit of afternoon tea together. But we built a relationship so that he trusted what we were doing. It's 
relationships, this whole industry's relationships. And if you can build that, I now get some of these people that we've done joint ventures with, I now get phone calls from their friends and their family and their relatives and all that, their neighbours saying, oh, look, you worked with my neighbour or you worked with my friend or you were referred by this person. Uh, We'd be interested in doing something similar. So, what was the outcome for him in this deal from a small outlay of around $20,000? We actually settled it at $2 million uh, and we were going to build the five dwellings. uh, But last minute, we got an offer from someone else. But last minute, we got an offer from someone that came in with the DA approval that we had for the five dwellings and they bought our option and they bought, they paid us or they paid for the whole property 2.425 and what that meant was the owner got his 2 million and we got the 425,000. With such a developed strategy, Charles Lumbus was able to implement it through outsourcing other professionals to help him with the aspects which he didn't enjoy doing. Now, he's negotiating on transactions whilst driving home. We now run a business where we do our own DAs, so that's quite a simple process for us. However, initially, we were just outsourcing all that. We were just going to town planners and going to our architects and working out how to do it. Um, so, it was, you know, certainly can, a lot of it can be outsourced. And when I started doing it, I mean, I was doing some of this, you know, whilst I was still running my previous business. So again, because I'm suggesting that people start slowly and start small, um, I got an email from one of my clients yesterday who I actually have done a little bit of mentoring with him and he's now sent me an email yesterday and he said, I've got someone that's ready to do a joint venture with me. Can you just assist me with getting the initial documentation in place? So doing the joint venture documentation and the heads of agreement and things like that. Um, So he's... He's off doing his own thing. Uh, In fact, he's an architect, so he'll design the dwellings. However, he knows when to ask for assistance. So if you've got a skill in, say, doing the designs, just get assistance in putting the agreements in place. Or if, if if you understand legals and you know how to do the agreements, however, you just need some skill in design, then just outsource that piece. Um, Stick to what you're good at, stick to what you enjoy doing, and just outsource the others. It's a bit like um, you know, some people with investment properties like to manage it themselves. Other people get a property manager. So it's the same thing. Just stick to the bits you enjoy doing. Uh, that's really important. It's, it's For me, for instance, in our business, I don't do the accounts. It's not what I enjoy doing. Uh, and that's not to say that someone doesn't. The person that does our accounts enjoys doing accounts. And I'm really grateful that I have people that enjoy doing accounts. Um, I enjoy being out there, getting out there, talking to people, finding out what people's needs are and seeing if we can meet them. For Charalumbus, he's found what he really enjoys doing. Though, how do you attract these type of transactions day in, day out? A lot of time, you know, people say, oh, you create these transactions. I don't actually believe I create them. I believe I'm just putting myself in a position where I'm attracting them. So you've got to get and to do that. You've got to get clear about your goals. You've got to get clear about what you're looking for and you've got to take the action. Now, initially for us, as I mentioned, we were out there looking at open homes, talking to agents on a regular basis. We actually did 
um, because we did a lot of these joint ventures in Karingai Council. So through Taramara, Wurunga, St Ives, through that area, we actually did um, in the local paper, which is the North Shore Times, which is a, the most widely read paper in this area, um, we did 10,000 leaflets and we actually just put them in every newspaper that went out um, and we got the North Shore Times as an insert with one of our brochures. And, yeah, we outlaid a little bit of money. However, those brochures, we were getting calls off them for the next six months. Um, people kept those brochures and and were just, just called us. So it's about taking the action. We we did some brochures and just went around and looked for the blocks that we thought were suitable and did letterbox drops. Um, again, people just pinned their, our brochure up on their fridge and just kept calling us. Um, now, you may not want to walk the streets and do the brochures, so just get someone to deliver them for you. Um, depends what works for you and depends how serious you are about it. Some people don't want to do that. Some people are happy just to buy a couple of investment properties and have them grow for them. But as I mentioned at the start, I wanted to manufacture some equity and I wanted to uh, accelerate the portfolio uh, a lot quicker. The commercial sites that we're involved in, um, they've you know they've they've got the potential of far out. This residential stuff is I really enjoy it because it helps me help others. But the commercial things, I mean, I'm negotiating on some sales at the moment, and I negotiated one where I increased the price or the sale price of one of them by a million dollars whilst I was driving home, um, just just in a negotiation in the car on the way home. As his portfolio has grown, he has favoured investing into commercial properties rather than residential as he has turned out to be more beneficial in the long term. We initially, when we started our business, we wanted to um, find somewhere where we could run the business from. However, we said if we're going to do that, let's have that be something that we can add some value to. And we went out and I was actually just driving driving down the highway in Taramara and saw a for sale sign. Um, And it was on a property where I happened to know the owner and the reason why I knew him, it was because a few years earlier, I had done electrical work for him on a shop that he owned that used to be be a takeaway. Um, So I literally went and knocked on his door and his name was Bill and I said, hey Bill, how are you going? We had a bit of a discussion and I said, look, I see you're selling your property. And he said, yes, I am. And I said, look, I'm looking to buy a property in the area. So we had a discussion and probably took us a week or 10 days and a bit of toing and froing, and we came to an agreement on buying his property. Now, we then arranged to get access during settlement. We had a three-month settlement. We agreed on price. We had a three-month settlement, and during that three months, we went in and refurbished the property. He was actually running a business downstairs and living in a unit in an apartment above the business, we closed, we got rid of the stairs, closed the flooring, renovated the two top and bottom. We run our office from upstairs, and we've had a tenant downstairs since the very first day in 2005 when we bought the property. And what has changed since Taralumbus bought this property? The difference is that's been great from a cash flow point of view, and we've actually since gone on to buy... Um, properties both sides of us as well and we've amalgamated this site now to become its own development site. However, the difference is what we bought was 
a shop with an office above. But the intention was that we knew we could work with council on getting a rezoning done. And in the time that we've owned this, it's gone from being a a shop, what's known as shop top housing, to being a commercial zoning with a six-storey height limit. So this property has gone from, and if I'm just talking, stick to the one property, has gone from having a value of a purchase price of $820,000 to today looking at being sold for somewhere in the vicinity of $4 million, and it's probably more than that. Um, And really, we've run our business from it for the last 10 or 12 years. We did a renovation in 2005, um, but where the value added has come in is because of the rezoning that we've worked with council to get on the six storeys and then we amalgamated it with next door and now on selling it to someone that wants to actually develop it and do the six storeys. Um, and that, to me, is really minimising my risk from um, just having one tenant down there that's basically paid the mortgage since 2005. Um, however, when we sell it, we end up with a 400% growth. For Trialumbus, the ultimate goal in the majority of these projects is to create equity by adding value. I suppose simplistically, the, the biggest upside comes in increasing your density. And to keep, to keep it simple so people can understand it, it's just increasing the density. So if you go from residential on something which is a single residential to being able to do a subdivision, you're increasing the density. In this instance, we've gone from something that was zoned two storeys to something that is now zoned for six storeys. And it's also gone from a floor space ratio of one to one, which means if you've got a block of land which is a thousand square metres in size, you can build a thousand square metres of building. We've rezoned this from one to one to two to one, which means we've got a thousand square metres of land, we can build two thousand square metres of building. So, and obviously that's over multi stories, not on the ground. So the increased density is where you make your your manufactured equity. It's always about the increased density. So whether that is floor space ratios, extra stories or subdivisions, it's always the same outcome. It's increased density. Generally, increased density is increased equity. Talking about personal habits, Charles Lumbus believes that the one that has contributed the most to his success is investing time into his day. You come back with you know, an open mind and you're able to think a bit clearer. And the way I do that day to day is every morning, 365 days of the year, my alarm clock goes off at 4.50 a.m. And that time, I'm normally out of bed then and out the door by about 10 past five, quarter past five. And between 5.15 and 6.15, I have one hour and I'll go for a walk. And I'll be listening, and it could be listening to my podcast, it could be listening to uh, a motivational speaker, it, but it's my time. It's whatever I choose to do during that one hour and, and my walk. So my morning walk, my morning exercise, start the day with my exercise, start the day with some quiet time, um, and also with some form of motivational, and it could be a, something of interest or, or, or of motivation to me, but that one habit, if and, and you know, people talk about how do you get so much done? 
And if you add one hour a day to your day, and you that's giving you 365 hours a week, that is 365 hours a year. Sorry, that extra. That's actually nine 40-hour weeks extra that you get over a one-year period, which is equivalent to two extra months. Yes. So that one hour, that one hour of quiet time to me uh, and for me has made a huge difference. And I, 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 on the odd occasion, if I miss it, um, yeah, my wife knows by the afternoon, she says, you better go for your walk, you're getting grumpy. He shares with us some of the motivational speakers he listens to during this one hour of his day. A lot of the, the motivational speakers, um, you know, that you would hear out there, certainly guys like Bob Proctor, uh, I like from a motivational point of view. Brian Tracy's great business-wise. Um, you know, most of your listeners, I imagine, would have heard and listened to some of the Tony Robbins stuff. Um, you know, they're just... They're just classics. I think they're, they are timeless messages um, that have got so much to teach us and the more you listen to them, um, if, you want to, if people want to drill down a little bit deeper into their own personal habits, um, you know, guys like Wayne Dyer and Deepak Chopra, um, really, really good from a personal point of view. If you wish to connect with Charles Lumbus and learn more from him about his strategy and how he can help you, then visit. You know, happy for them to call, but they can certainly have a bit of a look at our website, which is planassist.com.au, um, and the best email probably email me directly and just mention your name, mention Tyrone. They heard us on your podcast; is great. Um, and my email address is Harry at planassist.com.au. Uh, I'd love to love to hear and if there's anything that people have taken or any questions that people have got, um, please share them. That would be great. Thank you to Harry Charlumbus, our guest on this episode of Property Investry. If you want to hear more about his journey, then visit our website at propertyinvestry.com. Simply type in the search bar Harry Charlumbus and select that episode to learn more about his story. Also, if you haven't subscribed to receive your free property case studies that I only send exclusively via email, you can text me your email address to 0499881040 to subscribe. These real case studies are from experienced property investors where they share specific numbers of their portfolio, the strategies and much more. Simply text me your email address to 0499881040 to get your free case studies. Thanks for listening.